Hello and welcome to episode 51 of the Flames Fancast. Uh, we're done, our little bit of a winter break here. We hope you had a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and it's great to be back. <laughs> Jenks always, he's so good at the segues into things, so. Dude, you sounded like you were fucking robotically rushing that whole beginning. <laughs> when you listen to it, when you're driving to work tomorrow, you're going to know. Okay, so last, uh, last episode we had a contest giveaway for a jersey or tickets. And uh, there were a number of great entries, and we just want to share a few with you that we thought were pretty cool. So Jenks got the computer, so he'll read a few here. Uh, Okay, I wasn't prepared for this. (laughs) Yeah, reading is not his forte, I can tell you that. uh, Okay, well, I can read one that I quite enjoyed. Unfortunately, you didn't win, but I kind of just like the the fact that everybody was really blunt with us. And we totally like that. You know, some guys told us to go fuck ourselves at the end of it, which was great. It's like, now give me a jersey and go fuck yourself, and that's fine. That's how we talk to each other, so we actually felt... That's a nice day. Yeah, we felt quite at home with that. So anyway, uh, here's one of my favorites um, from Trevor Hurd. Uh, hey, boys, listener, loyal listener from Kelowna, BC. And we appreciate, by the way, that you're a loyal listener. We're very appreciative of that because... That's hard to come by. I deserve that jersey because I'm a bastion of good taste in hockey teams surrounded by a sea of loser Canuck fans. <laughs> like, this guy should have won purely from the comedy perspective, so I feel like we may come up with a consolation for you. But anyway, I love the show because your chemistry reminds me how my boys and I talk to each other, and I love the non-homer takes you guys have. Perfect balance of objectivity. If you give me this jersey, you'll always have a place to stay in beautiful Kelowna, BC. He also bribed us. It's, I think it's important Bribery to know, is acceptable. It's important to note that I'm a corrupt motherfucker, so I would totally... Um, yeah, maybe we should not give it to the other guy. Anyway, <laughs> by the way, we'll be at the New Year's game versus the Hawks in the New Year's after party. Would love to chat plans or some brews. Next time, buddy, next time, either we were in Kelowna or you're here, let us know. Give us a shout. I will get you wasted. I, I promise you that at least. Thanks again for the great podcast. Now, for God's sake, give me the damn jersey. I, I love that one. That was my favorite one. Unfortunately, you didn't win, but again, you got a place in my heart now, and you got a place at the local pub that we'll take you to, and we'll buy you at least seven beers, <laughs> which is better than a jersey in my opinion. The draw was completely random, so <laughs> we had no control. Uh, we have a fan from Australia, Nick Brown, who said, fan from Australia who loves the flames and listening to you talk absolute shit. Can't get enough of the Flames fan cast. Now give me a jersey. Dave Bandman says, I listen because I feel like I'm just having a chat with my Flames buddies. Been really enjoying it. Keep it up. And then from Dave Howell, the reason I love listening to the podcast is that you guys give an unbiased and refreshing view from the perspective of a fan. You can tell you are good friends and play off each other very well, who also have intelligence and fresh look at the Flames compared to other podcasts. He was clearly talking about me. (laughs) You don't... Get a fan's perspective from guys who work at Sportsnet or TSN. No, you get the Oilers' perspective or the Leafs' perspective from them. Uh, The winning entry from Ross Bartlett. Hey, guys, I'd like to enter the contest to win a jersey. I listen to your podcast because it's refreshing to hear the opinions of other true fans, not media employees who can't speak openly, be too negative, or say swear words. Cenk is good at saying swear words. Only Flames podcast gives game recaps, but you won't talk shit about players... Oh, but won't talk shit about players that deserve it. So, I mean, I guess we, we, we dish it out when it's deserved. But, uh, yeah. hey, guys, thank you all so much for entering. Uh, congratulations, Ross. We'll be in touch about how we can uh, 
get you that jersey. And uh, you know what? We're just so thankful for all the listeners we have and the interactions with you guys. I mean, I don't know how long it's been, a couple of years at least, but yeah, we've had it's about, been an amazing ride. We and had about 50 entries there. So uh, that that's pretty impressive, frankly, and we were very happy about that and thankful. Yeah, I mean, it's just... It's really awesome to interact with you guys and to chat with you and to hear opinions of Flame fans. And I think we're honestly one of the greatest fan bases in the NHL. And it's just, it's an honor and a privilege to be mm. part of. And uh, again, thanks again for listening. Thanks again for entering. Congratulations, um, Ross. Congratulations, Ross. And keep on listening and spread the word. And we had some interesting feedback as well. So like people are asking us questions. So we're going to try to start doing a... I mean, the problem is we've had some weird questions come our way, so we chose not to take those. But uh, it'd be good for you guys brought in some questions, and then we can answer them on air for you guys. And maybe maybe we'll be a little bit more frequent. I think this break was a long one for us. Uh, it was almost almost a month, I think, this time. No, I, I, three weeks? Yeah, I think we recorded it. Something like that. Anyway. Yeah, three we, weeks. We should be back on our regular habit here of every other week or something like that. So... Stay tuned. Keep listening. Thank you. Um, let's let's uh, let's jump on. back. December twenty seventh, the Edmonton game. Um, I mean, what a game! We were just dominant, and they were awful, which I'm totally fine with. Pure domination. That was uh, the best hockey we've played all season. Yeah, absolutely. Best game we've played all season, and it's absolutely great to gazump your rival right like that. I I just. I left that game feeling so positive, so pumped, and was like, "Wow, here we go! Like we're ready to roll into the new year, like a like a like a brick shit house." Yeah, and if then that they, makes sense. And, and then yeah, and then it was a brick shit on our face the next game. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck was that? So here's my question, I guess. I really struggle with understanding how you can have such a morale boosting win after four or five days off. Against your greatest rival, you crush them in their building, and then you show up against another rival, probably your second greatest rival. Probably, yeah. Vancouver. Yep. And you're you just you you're just taken to school. Yeah, you just shit the bed. I I was at that game, and one of my best friends took me, and I was him and I were just like looking at each other in disgust. We're like, this is the worst game. How do you how do you reconcile? the failure to carry over the momentum from the Edmonton game into that Vancouver game in any way whatsoever. And then that even trickled into the Chicago game because the Chicago game was completely listless as well. They looked hungover. In both or in one? It, well, in the Vancouver game especially. Yeah, but... Like, legit. Like, that was what, a Monday what game, What significance right? does December 28th have? The fact that they, they, they like to drink. <laughs> Look, let's call a spade a spade here. How do you, you can't go from it has to be one extraordinary or it has to be an extraordinary circumstance for you to drop that much in level of skill between the Edmonton game and that game. Something was like fucked. I don't know what it was. Riddick let in like two of the softest goals the past while. I've, for sure. I've seen in a long time. And basically long time means since we had fucking Mike Smith in net or Brian Elliott. For some of those, for that caliber of goals that he was letting in, that's a Brian Elliott, for sure. Yeah, he said a few Brian Elliotts lately. Um, I still stick with him, but anyway, what do you think happened? I honestly, uh, that was my one big conclusion from the Vancouver game was that 
I was just so let down that we could not carry over probably the biggest swing in momentum we've had all season. And we've had that, we had that win streak and the turnaround. And I know Bill Peters resigning and then Jeff Ward coming in and kind of improving things from there. But I feel like that win on the, on December 27th, where we went to Edmonton, we absolutely rocked them. And then we failed to turn up the next two games. <sighs> that's distressing to me. Like, I don't know if that's a coaching thing that he couldn't motivate the players. I don't know if that's, the player thing where they didn't take it seriously or they, they didn't ride the wave of the high that they were on. I'm just concerned on all fronts that that happened like that. And that, you know, mostly that first period of it against Vancouver where we came off that win and we just, we just did not turn up to play and Vancouver came in and they let us have it. And it's not like Vancouver is a bad team. Like it's the like, game, why the game we was, underrate them? I know the game was over in the first period, three, yeah, nothing. We didn't show much fight back. Sure. We got a couple goals, but I mean, it was over. It was garbage. It was, it was over. I mean, uh, the same Chicago game was very similar. Wasn't it? I mean, they, we, they yeah. let in uh, two or three early goals and then it's just, it's just you're an uphill battle again. Our body language just didn't look like we had the fight to resolve this. And we were trying, like, we were close to, we pulled the goalie with, like, four minutes left or something like that when it was 4-1 or whatever. Um, yeah, like, Kachuk had a good post-game interview after the, the Blackhawks game where he was like, we can't ever, we can't keep putting ourselves in a position like this at this level of hockey. Like, and I mean, I'm, I'll get to it later, but the wild game was much the same. Yeah, and like, and it, honestly, basically, it was like the f- next three games after the Oilers game that was just garbage. Yeah, utter garbage. Well, the Rangers game we won, <clears throat> but I don't think yeah. it was a convincing win. No, it wasn't a convincing win. And you know, in fairness, the Rangers aren't great either. But no, they're bad. But they're I mean, really bad. I mean, the reality is that if we're not convincing against a bad team and we're struggling against like our rivals, especially when we killed a rival, I don't know, something was up. Something was going on. I don't know. Maybe guys were sick. I, I don't fucking know. Was Edmonton they... just that bad? Well, Edmonton's shit. Like, Edmonton <laughs> is the worst. They're worse than shit. They're like the shit under the jail, right? Like, they, they're fucking garbage. So, I don't the care about that. The shit under the jail. They uh, they don't belong in the NHL. They should be relegated. But Do you um, mean, like, prisoner shit? or? Yeah. Like, you know, like, the septic tanks under the jail, under that. They're fucking garbage. Um... I think Edmonton is that bad. Agreed. When Nick David is basically isolated the way we isolated him, that's how bad they are. I sent you the stats today. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. I mean, but I've I, at the same time, I'm saying I've seen games where McDavid has run riot against us. Yeah, but that, but that's it though. That that doesn't constitute Edmonton I mean, being okay, good or bad. I, I, that I don't think any McDavid coach goes into an bad. Edmonton game saying, "Hey, that McDavid guy, leave him alone." Well, no, I'm not saying two hands slash the guy across the face. But I'm just saying that, like, if you isolate him, then it's game over. Well, okay, it's an then, easy game like, I ask you, how come some? Uh, how are we so successful in doing it then, and we hadn't been before? Well, Did it take us 14 games to figure it out? Maybe it took it a good coach. Maybe it took a good coach. Maybe maybe the guys were just extra motivated that game because they had an extra step. I I don't disagree, but how come that extra motivation? spent well, itself beat, out beat, beats the shit for out 2019. Me, I, I don't know. I, it really pissed me off those next few games. I The excuse was hungover. The Come on, you, you said you were the intelligent one here, Jank. Come on. 
Well, you're asking me all the questions. That's why I'm the <laughs> That's smart That's how one. this goes. You, this isn't your first rodeo. Well, why don't you, okay, okay, genius. You tell me what you think. I told you what I think. You know, that's why I write down the questions. I really think it's like, I mean, if you're really pushing me. <laughs> yeah, I'm pushing you. If you're really pushing <laughs> me, I, th- I think it's honestly, it, 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 it's, a, it's a lack of fundamental character at the core of this team. Okay. Outside that. of like Kachuk and Geo, haven't we been saying that for a while? Now? Yeah, but I don't like saying it so much. But I mean, I just can't explain it away. Like, how do you not? Anytime you have like a morale boosting win like that, you're fired up and you want to play and you can't wait for the next yeah, game, yeah. especially if it's against Vancouver or maybe even LA or any division rival, right? Yeah. Oh, the fact that we came out so flat, and I know we even have a history against Chicago too. Like we have a history of great games. There was that one we were down five nothing and came back. Yeah. I mean, we don't like playing them. But again, we came back. Like, yeah, we, but we I mean, we can't positions. come back every game. No, we you know, can't. Do there's that. one or two memorable comebacks that stick in my head. But I mean, we we as we illustrated at the end of 2019, we're down three nothing in the last two games of the season. We didn't win. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. And I, I mean, I think that if you can't build off that the biggest momentum swing of the season, uh, beating Edmonton convincingly and move forward and take that momentum into the next game, not even the next game, the next period, I don't know. I'm concerned. And yeah. then it happens again. And then you, you somehow you get a bit lucky with two follow-up wins after that. I wonder, and I, uh, if it's just a little bit of lipstick on a pig here, like I think we're gonna get exposed in the playoffs, and I hate to say it, but we were exposed last year brutally, and I think if we sneak in this year, I think we will. If we do, it's just, just gonna be a first round exit. If we get to six games, it's lucky. Like, well, I think like, yeah, it's not looking good right now. But I but mean, it's fairness, not it's not the potential. worst. The potential's there. It's not the worst, but if it's we're looking back, years. like you tell me how you feel New Year's Eve after we lost to Chicago. It's a shitty feeling. Totally. Right? Yeah. You feel a little bit better now because we had two wins on the trot in, in 2020, but if you're looking back at how you felt in that Chicago game. It's too much of this like up and down. Yeah. I mean, right? we, like, we're not I, consistently. I'd like to lose well. a game where we, we get outplayed, but we play well, maybe, instead of when we lose a game, it seems like. Like we handed you're watching those. the game and it's like, we're not going to win this game. And then whenever we're like, I remember watching the last four minutes of that Minnesota game. I was like, there's no way they don't score. Yeah. Like there. And it was just because of the game. had been like that where they just go down fighting. That's they'd score. They'd for. score. We'd score. Yeah. We'd score. They'd score. We'd score. They'd score. And then like, yeah. I'm okay going down like that. But, ah, uh, and yeah, I mean, I with Riddick's play hasn't been too hot lately. And, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of praise to go around. There's a lot of credit to go around. It just seems like that's it's a bit too cyclical for the Flames, and I'd like us to really start figuring out some of these root problems. And, I mean, at the, the end of the, of the decade, if you will, that encapsulated a lot of emotion for me as a Flames fan those last three games. Like an absolutely stunning victory and the euphoria that comes with it, and then just like completely listless and lackluster performances against a division rival and against a conference rival i mean i'm a bit lost but yeah i think we beat that one to death mm. uh before we segue into the rangers and wild there what do you think of the Frolic trade 
I think that was we we've always thought that Froelich or Brody were the like the first ones to go uh, essentially when the season started. I mean, even I mean, that Froelich left after Peters was gone. Yeah, I but I think um, he seemed the most one of the more marketable of the players that we okay, didn't yeah, really want to yeah. keep. Froelich is marketable for a fourth round pick. Yeah, but I mean, maybe you're looking at Brody saying like, "Well, you're playing much better after your your episode, so don't want to get rid of you." Uh, but we can't keep Brody and Hamannick. Yeah, but I mean, you're you're gonna drop one of these guys, and like the problem is when you're making that initial trade, when we had Froelich, and then we were trying to make that trade, we were stuck in a hard place because every GM knows that we're stuck in a horrible salary cap situation while we had Froelich, so they could leverage the crap out of us. So what management said was like, well, this is the most dispensable guy of the marketable guys we have. I think that's how they looked at it. Whether we agree or not is a different conversation, but that was the call I think they made with Froelich. Now they opened up the cap space, $4 million or so. I mean, now, now you go to every GM and not one GM can tell you, well, I can fuck you over because your salary cap space sucks. You say, no, yeah, well, I have I mean, it's, a, it's clearly a cl- cap-clearing move. Yeah, completely, but it, the point was to get, to get that leverage back when you're trying to trade bigger assets for assets back, right? Now you're saying, I don't have to trade Johnny. I don't have to trade Monaghan. I don't have to do any of these crazy We didn't have trades. to trade them in to begin with, right? No, but you, I mean, no, we, you did we, when we, you had we the salary cap issue. Sure, sure, but I mean, you just couldn't add anyone at the deadline. Next year, no. you'd, have, you'd have cap space freed up with these players that are going to UFA, Well, it depends right? on the goal, right? Do we want to resign some of these guys thinking that maybe they're making another if you're 2 not, million extra. I mean if you're not going to re-sign Johnny and Monty then you trade them now when they have value. You need to you need to find long-term pieces that complement Kachuk and Lindholm and and I guess Anderson at this point and Riddick that go that push this club forward because right. I'd start building around those guys like our young decor Kachuk up front and if 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 a player like Mangiapane can blossom, power to him, man. But I, I'd like to. I mean, for the record, I'd like to keep Johnny if we can. Yeah. I'd like to keep Monahan if we can, because these guys are very good players. But there are stars. I mean, but Living has to know if these guys aren't going to resign. Yeah. And if they aren't going to resign, get it done. Yeah. Get the deal done and get someone in here who's who's coming well, in. Well, if you're going to build a team around character, I think Kachuk is a no-brainer, right? I think Kachuk is the is the heartbeat of this team already. Yeah. So I mean, there was a there was an interesting. Uh, I think Eric Francis. I mean, nobody likes him. Um, I'm going to refrain from my opinions about him, but you can probably Ken guess King what it likes is. him. That's because he's a sound piece. Murray Edwards likes him. Yeah. Well, that's they're the sound piece. He he's 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 the whipping boy, right? Um, he has the odd good. Anyway, I'm not gonna get into it. So, he said that he'd be surprised if Johnny even stays on this team uh, by the end of his contract, let alone the end of the season. He kind of alluded to that, and uh, he's like, "This team's gonna be." Did he be write built that around. or say that on he air? He said it on air, and uh, I think he said it on air, but like on the radio. I was reading on Twitter, like, and people were just losing their shit on him. So I think it was on the radio. But whoever's listening, correct me if I'm wrong. I I'm, don't quote me on it. But anyhow, he was like, "I'll be surprised if Johnny stays. I'll be surprised if he even stays beyond this year or whatever." And this team's gonna be built around Kachuk. No, like, no questions asked. 
Now, the building around Kachuk is not a surprise to either of us, but um, if what he's saying is true and that's a management ploy to either, one, get Johnny a little hot and bother to maybe stick around, or two, this is a way to get guys like from other franchises saying like, okay, hey, like, let's make a bid for this guy and see what we can get for him, right? But I, I mean, know. okay, Johnny is in a situation where he's got some term, right? Two more years after this, right? Yeah, is that and, right? And an excellent contract. A- an excellent contract. And you've got a guy like Taylor Hall moving for future considerations, essentially. Draft picks and young players. And not for sure signed yet, right? Exactly, exactly. But I mean... I think that just speaks to how much harder it is to make a deal for a player like Johnny because you're wanting something in return. Yeah. And I don't think you're getting, uh, like, who's really, who are you going to get that's equal to him? A young, talented player who's at the center of your offense. Right. Like, are you getting Tyler Sagan from Dallas? No. No, you're not. You're not getting a Matthews or a Marner or anything like that. And I know he wants to go to Philly, but what's Philly going to give us? Yeah, there's well, I mean, they have some good young players, but they're not going to give them up. They're not Johnny Goudreau. Yeah, well, they're not going to give up guys like Kuchesny or some like that. Uh, well, they'd have to if they want Johnny for, on that. Yeah, kind from of deal. our perspective, for sure. Yeah. I just don't think Philadelphia but will do that. Right? Th- those players are good, but they're not Johnny Goudreau good. Yeah, but you're you're saying Johnny Goudreau good when Johnny's on his game. Sure. When Johnny's not like Kuchesny, for example, is a very consistent player. Yeah. He, he's kind of like a Kachuk in that sense that he's he shows up every game, he gets points. Or he, he shows up every game. Okay. Right? Well, I mean, whatever's going to happen, if if this is right, it's going to be a big trade, and we need we need something proven and now that comes right. back for Johnny, and that's not... that It needs to be a first-line player, essentially. What we agree on... Yeah, what we agree on is that there is, there is going to be a point at some point next season, if we keep him beyond this season, that... They have to make that call. Either you trade him or you better sign him quick. Don't put yourself in a position where New Jersey was with Taylor Hall. Yeah. Where you I, basically got to give him up for free. And I think I think this, the value in that is, as you're saying, this year, right? Because it's two years after this. Yeah. And so you better looking at that saying, I've got, I've got a window of two years because I've got this guy in a great deal. And I think you got to do it a year in advance. Everything. Uh, I don't know. Whatever decision you make, it's got to be a year in advance because – if you have a year left in the contract, I think you give leverage to the other teams again. Yeah. Well, there could be a lot of moving pieces around the Flames by this trade deadline. I mean, yeah. crazy things I mean, could we, happen. We 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 are still we are still I think good enough to make the playoffs. I just again I think we're just destined for that first round exit, and without unless we make some well, we're gonna play changes. Vegas or Arizona. <laughs> Which is so I mean, weird we might to beat say. Arizona or Edmonton. Which is so weird to say. I'd rather just play the better team. Yeah, but I honestly. mean, we, we could play the wild card team too, right? We could be a wild card. Who knows? But uh, yeah. you think you think anything immediate is in the works because of the salary clearing for, for sure. Frolik? I think there's a trade that I think he's going. He's gunning for a trade. I don't know what it is. Was on Calgary Puck. Was on Twitter. A lot of people are saying uh, to Foley. No. Please, please no. <laughs> just, just no. Nobody from a, LA. That team's done. Not a big fan of. I see it, but I don't. I'm not a fan of it. G- Toffoli just reeks of like David Jones to me. You know that kind of player <laughs> that we're gonna get. Like I just, <laughs> I just don't want that. What are we giving up for him anyway? Like I mean, Toffoli, we're giving yeah. up picks, man. 
it's just I don't know. I'm I don't know a young player in picks. I, I want to build this team for the next five years, not like I feel like Tofoli at best is a rental. Oh, for depth. Just don't just don't rent. Just don't take. Well, we're not in a position to rent. You should be renting a, a player if you think you're going to make the finals. Just don't take Tofoli at all. Full stop. I think you like Tofoli. Ah, oh, yeah, I love the guy. He's yeah, really, I don't know. Really I mean, excites me. What do you think? I mean, it's got to be for a trade. Oh, I think there's caps, clap, cap clearing space for something. Um, whether that's a huge deal surrounding Goudreau or whether it's something smaller like a Toffoli move. I mean, I don't think you really have to ship out for some million to get a rental Toffoli at the deadline. What would you uh, think if tomorrow Treloving announced that Goudreau just signed a five-year extension? At I'd probably be happy. That's probably a, a ten million year. You know what? It's probably pretty good value considering the cap is only going to go up. Yeah. I mean, he's still on that six point seven five or whatever for another two years after this, and then he goes to ten mil for five more years or nine. Yeah, five, nine, whatever, nine, yeah. ten. I don't think he'll go beyond maybe he, 10. Maybe it works. He's got his deal, and he's happy, and he lights the league on fire. I don't know. But, uh, or he crashes like some other people who get those crazy-ass extensions. No, that never happens. Yeah, never. No. What was I thinking? <clears throat> Wade uh, Redden. <laughs> wow, that's a name I've not heard in a long time. Yeah, you want to look up Hockey DB? Look up Wade Redden. That's a hell of a contract and a hell of a de- decline. But, fuck. Anyway, um, Rick DiPietro. But let's <laughs> let's just move on. Troy Brower. Troy Brower, who we're still paying. Uh, Look at Bobby Ryan's contract. I mean, there's some awful ones out there. Oh, there's terrible ones. Unfortunately, we've had, like, at least two of them. I mean, hey, on the bright side, at least we like Milan Lucic, and Edmonton hates James Neal. By the way, this dyeing your hair yellow, you're not 16, boys. Like, let's just not do that again. Apparently... They actually said, I just read the headline, but it was like, blondes have more fun. Okay. Well, you know, you, when you're hanging out with Ronaldo, that should kind of tell you like where your <laughs> level is. Like you and Zach are the ones that are hanging out and making bets. Like, I don't know. <laughs> that whole playing with Johnny thing didn't really work out with you. And like, you're, you're going on record saying how, how exciting it is to play with Ryan. I don't know. Yeah, I could be worse, but I love our players. But yeah, let's not dye our hair again. That looked really, really, really stupid. But yeah, well, I would never say that to their face because they could kick my ass. But um, you don't have to. You have a podcast. You that's can say yeah, what you I can want. hide behind the microphone. Nobody knows what you look like. No. Nobody knows where you live. Except for this one guy that lives in Kelowna, who's going to meet up with us and get wasted. Yeah, well, he'll know what we look like. But yeah, the rest of you. <laughs> For another day. It's all love. It's all love. All right. So, the Rangers game, I mean, I want to talk about the Minnesota game where, I again, I thought we had no business in winning that game. Um, we had two fluke goals, one that went in off Suter's stick. The other, Lucic just managed to paw into the net somehow. <laughs> um, like, our goaltending wasn't great. And every time... We scored to tie it. They immediately scored again to take the lead. Those aren't just, those are not hallmarks of a hockey club that wants to win a game. We took a, we took a, a really dodgy penalty in overtime, which we killed. Like, that wasn't a penalty. That was garbage. 
But, uh, I mean, I don't know. Does it look like we ever practice a shootout with these players? No, we don't. We don't practice deeks, let alone shootouts. Every we time practice shootouts, I saw Monaghan's stats and it was like 16 goals on 39 attempts. And I was like, there's no fucking way. That seems like a lot. There, yeah, I was like, there is no way. And then Lindholm's, he was an 18% success rate. I'm like, frick. I don't really know what to measure measure that against, but like, I I have to say that our our team, it they they seem to be handcuffed every time we're on a breakaway. Um, Backlund's been probably one of the more notable guys on a breakaway since he moved his to the wing. The conversion rate is high, I think, for him. Yeah, and recently. he had he had that. It he was had against that crazy the Rangers, five on right? Three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice See, dude. again, like, stuff like that that never really happens in a game yeah. happened to us. Like, we got a breakaway on a five-on-three because the Rangers are so bad, and we scored. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm elated that we're winning games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then we gave up two quick goals, like, 20 but seconds But the later. manner in which we're winning the games is just not conducive to my Well, it's not sustainable. And long-term survival as a human being. Like, it's just not... The way we won in Minnesota just... Oh, it's not sustainable at all. Well, what do you think is going to happen now? Because, okay, we we barely oh. beat – We you're right. We have we're going to no go business. to Chicago, and we're going to play there tomorrow, and we're probably going to lose. Okay. Nice, bright outlook. But I'm what I'm saying is, like, how do we change this whole putting ourselves in a position where we're just fighting for the puck, we're fighting for a win, all because we start off all flat-footed. I, okay, I, is it because I, I, of the team figured mean to, us out? I don't mean to answer your question. No, they haven't figured us out. I honestly think like a lot of teams give us a lot of respect, and they recognize the talent that we have that we're just not using. But I mean, I, I want to ask you, like, how do you change a character, the character of someone like Johnny Goudreau? You can't. Okay, but that's a problem. Because I'm not sure these guys are like buying into what we need in in terms of like scrapping out three two two one wins. And do you remember like well Don Cherry infamously talked about European players, but like remember when you'd watch the Olympics and you'd see like pouty Russians and things like that or in <laughs> <Wow>. tournaments? <laughs> you'd see them like the camera would pan, pan to them and they'd be pouting. By the way, I upset. hate that. I hate when the camera does that. But anyway. But like it just doesn't look like they have the character, you know, as proven in the World Junior game on Sunday. They had Dude, they, they, they're like seventeen years old, man. Okay, sure, but I'm They blew a three goal lead or two goal lead, whatever it was. And why do you think that is? Well, the, okay, number one, the TSN camera was the fucking turning point of the game. <laughs> Let's just call spade a spade there. I'm fucking delighted Canada won. Don't get me wrong, but that was a penalty. Okay. I, what does the whatever. camera have to do with it? Because they were fucking, they were on their heels, man. If they, so basically what would have happened is that Canada would have had another penalty. It would have been another, like a, a two-man advantage at that point. Russia Shit. totally would have changed the game. Okay. All right, number one. I'm, I number two, what, our goal, what, what our goal, camera, hang though? on a sec. Our goal, our second goal, went off like two skates and in. Yeah. Like the, the manner of which Canada came back and won that game was fluke. Okay, well, well I guess yeah, that's just I mean, the way you seven, do it now. If you're 17. You're the Flames or you're Team Canada. Okay, but you're comparing a 17-year-old to like a grown-ass man. Well, I was comparing Russians to Russians. Okay, but okay. Team Canada would do the same reactions they lost that game. 
you you know that. What do you mean the same reaction? Like if ca- if the roles were reversed, the Canadian players would be crying on the bench too. Okay, I, I wasn't saying like all Russians are like that. I was I, <laughs> okay. I was just Fucking pointing Don't it out as like loaded. sometimes you see that in a in a player perhaps, and I've noticed it a lot in Maybe. Russian players. And I was just using that as a parallel. Okay, I'll, I'll put it this way: I'd rather a player, I'd rather have a player that cries after losing a game than a player that looks like he doesn't give a shit. So would I. Okay, so in this situation. They don't cry though. They just kind of they 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 look like they don't give a shit. They're pouting like well, oh, I don't. I don't care. know. I I think you're not pouting if you you're not pouting if you don't care. Okay, I guess they care. They just care the wrong way. How's that? <laughs> I think your point is terrible. <sighs> My point is perhaps it's just too hard to change the character of some of these guys at 24. Okay, if it's I agree. Ingrained. I agree with that. And perhaps when we're looking at them to be our character guys, our leadership core, the center of our team. Yeah. Our faith is misplaced. That's different. Yes, I agree. You need to mold the character, the central character of this team into, into a winning team. We don't have it right now. We don't. Every first-round exit is like telling of that. There's no character. Yeah, I mean, I just look by at... By and large. I'm not saying everybody has no character, but by and large, it's not the right mix of characters. I mean, again, it's that point where like... Why, yeah. But then there's gotta, no letter on Johnny's jersey, right? I know. But By then the way, watching away feeds are so annoying because <laughs> the guy is like, you know, I know Kachuk doesn't wear a letter on his jersey. I'm like, he's an assistant captain. I'm literally sitting there and like, you can see this. If you if you even read the program notes, it would say beside Don't him. Don't they have the lineups in a, front of them too? Yeah. The there's just like lazy, 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 lazy commentating. And the guy was so upset. Like, Hamannick cross-checked someone behind the net with two minutes left in the third. And, like, yeah, it was a penalty for sure. But I also counted five other penalties in the span of 30 seconds that the refs <laughs> didn't call in the last two minutes of a hockey game. Hello, wakey-wakey. Yeah. They put the whistles away in, like, the last three minutes of the third. This isn't novel in a hockey game. So yeah. he went on a tirade about how cross-checking should go the way of holding and hooking. They're gone from the game. I'm like... Uh, no, they're not gone. The, the slash is the new hook, and it's bad. Mm-hmm. Like, well, it's Johnny really gets it bad. Among, among the yeah. worst in the league. Oh, it's gone absolutely. Much less like now, star but. players, they get they get slashed all the time, and even those like those ones from behind that seem innocuous, those little taps, they th- still hurt. Those man. hurt. Yep. Yeah, still, there's not enough padding. There's on the no gloves. pleasure. Yeah, right on the wrist there, that soft spot. Like yeah. as soon as the hand ends and a couple inches up to the forearm, right there, smash. That's like. And it's bony there. You know, you got that, whatever that bone is, it's, it sticks out in your arm, you know, right there. You get yeah. slashed on that. That sucks. That sucks a lot. Yeah. Anyhow, I mean, I just hope we we somehow find a way to, I just want to win a few games in a row convincingly. And I want to lose fighting. I want to lose fighting instead of us defeating ourselves. Yeah. Like, I want to go down fighting. I want to win convincingly. And I don't want to see any more third-period crazy-ass comebacks. And like, I know it's not it's not fair of us to expect that every single game. But, I mean, more than one game in every four. Yeah. Because out of these five games that we've discussed here, one game was a convincing win. Right. One game was an absolute fluke in overtime. And then the other game against the Rangers was, I guess you could call that a bit more professional. Let's call that a professional win. Taking our chances when they came and putting them away. But uh, 
I mean, but we're overall we're asking for consistency, right? And the best teams consistency in, and character. The best teams in in the history of the NHL, the teams that build dynasties, their regular season records are always there as forty something wins, maybe twelve to fifteen losses at most. Right, like you look at the Penguins' history, you look at the Kings. I I don't know if that's possible in the modern NHL anymore. No, I think it's possible with the right mix. It is. You do kind of have a few. Well, look at Washington. Well, you have a few teams right now who've kind of separated themselves from the pack, right? Yeah, but those are the teams that compete every game. Boston, yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Washington. Is that it? There's one more. Yeah. Is there? I can't remember if the Central Division's just tight or garbage or the met- well the metropolitan me- is the, me- metro, the hardest yeah. Yeah. no the central what's the one that's in the west that's not pacific is it central central yeah um yeah, yeah i mean like, but those are the teams luckily that always, we only have to play boston and washington twice well, they <laughs> always make the playoffs and they always at least make the semi-final or the final like you need to be consistent in the le- in the regular oh and st louis well. is doing quite well st louis is killing yeah. it st um, louis washington and, and boston well vegas is doing okay too but well um, they've started to pick it up right i mean yeah. the pacific the pacific was there for the taking yeah but yeah. Washington- anyone who could string together any run of form is in really good yeah, shape. But Washington and Boston are a cut above everybody right now. And luckily, they're in the East. And yeah, we don't honestly, have to deal with them. Until our, the final, right? Not, Until we <laughs> play them in the final. Yeah, that's, I don't think they'll be our problem. <laughs> but if they are, I'll be happy about it. Yeah. I, I want a Washington-Boston problem. I think you just got to, if you're the GM, you just got to emulate that sort of um, mesh of characters on the team. But only the GMs and the coaches and the players know that better than anyone else. Like, we as fans do not know what happens in that dressing room. We don't know what no. happens outside of the games. We don't know what they talk about. And Burke even came out um, almost in retaliation to Francis's comments by saying, Johnny's the most loved guy on the team. I, I mean, easily. Easily. He could be easily loved. Yeah. Um, but, I mean... But does that, that translate That's probably to... just like... He's probably very... Just a cool Happy go lucky and yeah. and chill, as yeah. you'd say. Johnny is very chill. Yeah, and a cool guy to hang out with. But I, uh, you know, it brings me back to that Machiavelli yeah. man. It's better to be feared than to be loved. <laughs> right, Bill? <laughs> right, Bill? <laughs> I wonder what Bill Peters is doing right now. Bill Peters is listening to this podcast and oh, wishing absolutely. it was over, which uh, it, it is going to be. It's going to be over. That now. is it. So Thank you. Uh, let oh. us know what you think Bill Peters is doing right now. Keep the feedback. Ask us questions. Yeah, and remember, it can be anything. Like, we can say whatever we want on our show. So it doesn't, true. It doesn't matter. You want relationship advice? Because we're really good at giving it. We're not good at following it, though, for ourselves. Okay, uh, thanks for listening. <laughs> it's been a slice. And we're going to reach out to... Ross. Ross. Ross, congratulations. Yeah, uh, and thanks to everyone who entered again. Uh, really, like can't stress enough how much we enjoy doing this and interacting with you guys like awesome and if you're not a psychopath and you want to grab a beer with us we can arrange that too we're totally cool with that yeah we're fun when we're drunk um and we can talk about how epstein didn't kill himself and all (laughs) kinds of other shit that we you know don't really talk about on the show we're supposed to be apolitical but uh i guess we still i mean ricky gervais broke that last night (laughs) so we'll uh we'll have to ride on his coattails Thanks again so much for listening. Have yourselves a great night. Bye-bye.